your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! Welcome back inside the Time Machine on the Retro Network Podcast. Sponsored by Retro Days this week. And uh, just reached out to Tony Mick and said that the RD's detention on Captain N is coming pretty soon. He even said maybe this week. So with the holidays, and I guess he was under the weather a little bit, but he's got kind of behind on getting that episode done. But that should be coming soon. And give me a little insight. They are doing a laser tag. And I don't know if this is the same episode or like two separate ones, but a laser tag and a Christmas-themed episode of RD's detention. So can't wait for that, man. They just keep pumping out the good stuff, don't they? They do. And I saw some still shots from the Captain N episode. I don't know if it was, uh, because I know Adam dressed as Captain N for Halloween this year, but uh, it might have been those. But I thought there were some other shots that he posted up there on Twitter to uh, tease us. But be looking out for that, man. That's a really fun. If you have not subscribed to the Retro Days YouTube channel, please do that and start checking out those episodes because they're great. All right. Our topic this week. Top 10 Christmas movies. Now, we're going to... A little footnote here. We're just doing movies. We're not doing specials or TV episodes. Because we plan to cover those at another time. So, just feature-length movies with this one. And we'll cover, you know, Charlie Brown and uh, the usual Christmas specials that we go through each year as a separate list. But when do you start watching your your Christmas some people I know start like at November 1st as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as Halloween's over. But do you well, try to get a little separation in there with Thanksgiving and maybe start after Thanksgiving? Or do you watch a couple maybe before even Thanksgiving no, hits? I, I try to wait until Thanksgiving's over. But I have enough stuff on my watch list every year between movie specials and TV shows that I could start November 1st. <laughs> right. But, yeah. uh, so I kind of... Some years I have to rotate it in and out. Like, you know, last year I may have had to skip such and such. So I'm watching it this year and I'll have to abandon something else for a year because my schedule don't leave me a whole lot of time for watching. But my gosh, I hate to not watch any of this because it all has nostalgia attached to it for me. And I just hate missing watching any of it, though. There's a few that are more just let's put it on and it's in the background while we're doing something else. And I, I can kind of handle those movies that way versus I, w- I want to watch every single minute of some of these movies that we're going to be talking about because they're just great year after year. And I try to wait. I, I'm I'm more of a let's put up this Christmas tree on Black Friday or some we have put it up on Thanksgiving Day before, like later in the night after uh, all the crazies are out shopping. Now we'll we'll do the Christmas tree then if we're not going to a movie or something, but. Uh, I usually try to wait till at least Friday or Saturday to start getting the Christmas stuff out. And that usually means starting out the specials and everything. So, yeah, I like a little separation there myself. So do you, and I'm just talking about your list here that we've made uh, for this show, have you included any movies in there? I'm going to open up a huge can of worms. I don't care. Are you going to include any movies that are set at Christmas like that uh, <clears throat> Die Hard movie? <laughs> Uh, well, let's see here. Well, of course they're all set at Christmas, 
but well, all but, of my movies, yeah. Christmas is the main theme. That's okay. That's that's what I'm getting at. Where Christmas it's not is a the background main. accessory. It is the main theme. Right. And I, you know, I said before, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. I'm, I probably would not debate that. Let people have their fun. If they want to go through a whole action movie sequence, they could put Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and probably a whole night of movies, a weekend of movies together that well, are set at Christmas, but have a different plot or story, you know? Well, here's a unique perspective. If you're going to eliminate Die Hard as a Christmas movie, it's an action movie that's set at Christmas, right? Yes. Then I have read a take that's gaining popularity. Then you have to exclude Home Alone as a Christmas movie because it is a home invasion movie that is set at Christmas. <laughs> and there's some merit to that line of thought, actually. There's, it's true. Um, so, Gremlin, I guess you could. You think Gremlins is a Christmas movie? See, there's a couple scenes at, at Christmas, and I guess it's Christmas time, but I, I, I wouldn't consider it a Christmas movie. Yeah, because the uh, little Mogwai was a Christmas present. and Yeah, see, I, I think some of those you get a little, know. it's a little gray area. And as much as I, I'm against the whole Die Hard as a Christmas movie thing, I think I'm willing to put it in the gray area. Not, I'm not going all the way with it, but yeah, I, I can listen to people's arguments anyway now. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not here to debate it or just put it in the ground, but I the traditional movies are the ones that I typically go for, yeah. where there's a Me Santa too. Claus in there. And he, I guess you're right, Home Alone is... <laughs> it's probably gray. Yeah, it's true. All right, well, uh, let's get to our list. And, you know, we talked last week about plane trains, and automobiles and doing a holiday movie list. I can safely say it would make my top ten. Because I was, I had my number 10 slot here. I was waffling back and forth between a few movies. And then I thought of planes, trains, and automobiles. And I thought, yeah, that would be my number 10 if we're doing a holiday list. Well, it would be in my so. top 10 too. And it would easily, you know, you just swap the mentions of Thanksgiving for mentions of Christmas. And, it, and it's instantly a Christmas movie. You've already got the snow and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, my gosh. It would be one of the iconic Christmas movies if it was centered around Christmas instead of Thanksgiving. I, I agree. All right, number 10 for me. It's on every year on NBC. And it's not one that I typically seek out. It's more my wife will seek it out and we'll have it on Christmas Eve. It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. It's my number 10. Um, might be surprised that it's that low on the list, but it wasn't really my era. And some of these, well, most of these are more when I was a kid or teenage years that uh, I, I prefer uh, versus uh, It's a Wonderful Life. But it's still a great movie, a great story, and just classic. And the fact that it's still, it's between that and The Wizard of Oz, I think, are the appointment television movies that are left. Because they show Wizard of Oz each year now on Thanksgiving on the oh, Turner Station. Yeah. They still have kept that going. So between that and It's a Wonderful Life, I think it's one of the last movies that's a event television each year. You'll yeah. probably have another one that'll add to your list here <laughs> towards the top. But I don't know. What's your thoughts on a, It's a Wonderful Life? Well, I'll cover them when I get to it on my list. It's higher on my list than it is yours. So. Okay. What's number 10 for you? Number 10 for me is the only modern movie on my list from 2016. Office Christmas Party. Have you seen that with Jason Bateman? Have not. 
Uh, it's got uh, Jennifer Aniston and uh, a couple other folks you'll recognize in it. But uh, this guy runs a company. His father's dead, and he wants to throw a office Christmas party. And his sister, Jennifer Aniston, is kind of the CFO of the company, says they can't afford it. She's closing her brother's branch of the company. So he decides, well, screw it then. I'm certainly going to throw a big office Christmas party. And it's the biggest <laughs> blowout Christmas party at an office you'll ever see. And it's just funny from beginning to end. It's like the hangover at Christmas or home alone on steroids. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I watched it. I, well, I guess I watched it the year it came out. It, it caught my interest and I found it after it came on Amazon and I, I watched it. And now it's a yearly tradition, but it's not one you watch with the kids. It's got some strong language in it. It's more of an adult movie, but it's really funny and it's really Christmassy and it's got a good story at the end as far as Christmas, you know. Uh, so I'm a big fan of it, but that's the only modern movie on my list. Okay. I've got one that's, I guess you would probably call modern on my list. Um, but now I'll have to check that one out because I, I will try a movie out like that when the kids are in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Even some of these ones on my list are uh, a little eye opening if you're trying to watch in front of the kids, but there is a place for that. And a lot of people, I know there's several movies like that out there. Uh, Bad Santa comes to mind. I don't know if that made your list or not, but no, it didn't. Just those kind of type of Christmas movies, <laughs> kind of the anti Hallmark, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, number nine for me, 1994, the original, the Santa Claus, with uh, Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. Yes, I did not get onto this one until probably later probably in the early 2000s is when i really got into that one and it's a favorite of my sister-in-law when she always visits over the holidays she brings them all i don't i've watched the second one i have not watched the third one uh didn't really care for the second one but the first one is great a lot of great lines in there and it's classic tim the tool man you know era and it's it's just such a fun movie well, people are going to be disappointed in the fact that I tried watching the first one and just did not like it. So it's not on my list. And I don't remember which, if it was the second or third one, when it came out, we went to the theater to watch it. The wife drugged me and I just was not excited. Mm -hmm. And we got there and seen that Jackass, the movie was playing at the same time <laughs> in a different theater. <laughs> so she, she went Merry and watched Christmas. The, yeah, her and. The young and went and watched that, and I went and watched by myself Jackass the movie. And I'm not sorry because Jackass the movie was great, and I really don't think I would have liked that Santa Claus movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a Christmas tradition for you. Watch Jackass. Yeah, I've yeah, I've never fun. seen it. Never got into the show. So Santa Claus is definitely a, a, a higher on my list than uh, than Jackass as far as <laughs> movies. But <laughs> that, that's a great story. Well, uh, next on my list is something that possibly, we don't know this, we can't confirm it or deny it, that may have possibly inspired Johnny Knoxville. And I'm talking about Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> because the stuff Ernest put himself through in his movies could have possibly motivated some of these guys to do jackass. That's true. That's true. Uh, Ernest Saves Christmas is one of the movies I actually got to go to the theater and watch as a kid. Oh, you didn't. Awesome. I did. Because we were a big fan of uh, Ernest Goes to Camp. So when Ernest Saves Christmas come out, uh, my mom took my brother and I 
to the little local theater to watch Ernest Saves Christmas. And I loved it. It was the full experience. You know, we got popcorn and, and drinks. And when it came out on VHS, no, 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 no. We didn't buy the VHS. We actually recorded it off maybe HBO or something it was on. Mm-hmm. And I still have our original recording of that on VHS here. Nice. <laughs> uh, the Ernest movies catch a lot of flack. You know, we've talked about the Ernest movies before on here, but Jim Varney was a classically trained actor and he could come across as a buffoon and stuff, but that was all acting. And that's just how good of an actor he was. Cause he was a highly intelligent man, but to come across like he did just shows how good he was. And the story of Santa Claus is going to retire and he's looking for a replacement and Santa Claus is trying to help him. It, it's just a fun story. It's a really fun story. It is. I, I'll talk I know about you're it. a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about it more when it comes up on my list, but uh, okay. love Ernest. And I got to see Ernest goes to camp in the theater. So it, it was big. I remember renting Ernest goes to jail and just a lot of those movies. And then when Christmas <laughs> came out, Oh my gosh. Yes. I missed the camp movie in the theater, but I seen saves Christmas goes to jail and Ernest scared stupid all in the theater. We was big, we was big fans of Ernest back in the day. <laughs> of course, the Ernest goes to jail. No, no, no. Never mind. Never mind. Different story. But I'm getting, I'll tell that story here shortly. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving along. Number eight for me, the Muppets Christmas Carol. I have to watch this one each year. And it's probably my favorite telling of the Christmas Carol. Uh, I remember watching this one early on. It was probably a rental or maybe saw it on television or something. But just the, you know, the Muppets, uh, I love, Gonzo was always one of my favorites. So him as the narrator or, or the uh, the uh, Charles Dickens character telling the story was great. And Michael Caine as Scrooge. And there's a lot of great songs. I'm not huge into musicals, you know, mm-hmm. but I love all the songs and everything that go along with this movie. The Statler and Waldorf is Marley and Marley, and I love the Muppets Christmas Carol. I've never watched it, and you and I have talked about that, and it's actually on my list to watch this year. And I had looked it up; it is available to rent on Amazon Prime. So for three bucks, I'll get to sit and watch it this year at some point. Well, you are planning to get Disney Plus, aren't you? I am planning to. Is it on there? It is. Oh well, hmm. Disney owns the Muppets, so all the Muppet stuff is on there, man. Oh, okay. Well, that would make it easy then. I need to. I still haven't signed up for that. They were not running a Black Friday special, so not for the it, bundle or anything. You can get Hulu for two bucks a month, but not. It, I don't think it's included in the bundle. Right. Yeah. But speaking anyway. of Christmas Carol, this did not make my list. It was my first honorable mention, and that is a Christmas Carol, the nineteen eighty four George C. Scott version of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just right outside of my top 10. That's a really well done version of it. I have seen that. That is a good version. I think it was, was that made for TV? I don't think it was a feature release. No, I think you're right. I think it was yeah. made for TV. I've got the DVD of it. I bought it last year. I ordered it mm-hmm. and it came in and we watched it. So I'll have it. It's probably one. It'll, like I was mentioning earlier, some I have to skip. It'll, I'll probably skip it this year. And put it back in the rotation next year because I'm working in like Muppets Christmas Carol this year. So like, something's got a gift for a year or so. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what we've done in the past, now we've not done it in a couple of years, 
you know, Christmas in July is a big thing. A lot of places, the wife had this idea for anything we have to skip at Christmas. Let's watch in July. And then I'm, but then I was like, well, then we're stuck on that pattern. We're going to watch these movies in July every year. And you know, (laughs) cause you got room for everything. Then you just keep the same two sets, but, uh, let's see what's next on my list. Oh, the homecoming, a Christmas story, 1971. It was the introduction to the Waltons. Okay. The Waltons hadn't been a series. Actually, the series was conceived and, and picked up because of the success of the movie. Have you ever seen that one? It's it's probably been years on cable or something like that when it was on when we had cable. I've I've sat through it, but it's been many many years. I watched it for the first time as a kid, and I couldn't appreciate it. And then about ten years ago, I come across it and watched it and fell in love with it because it's such a great heartwarming tale. Now, of course, I didn't grow up in the Depression, but I grew up here in the Appalachian Mountains, and the region is the same. Uh, matter of fact, Walton Mountain was in Virginia on the TV show. Mm-hmm. But much like planes, trains, and automobiles, it's the story of, of the dad. He works because it's the depression. He can only get a job. It's away from home, and he has to go through all this trouble to get home. And that's every week. He'll he'll leave on Sunday. He'll come home on Friday afternoon, and he's having trouble with the storm and stuff. And you don't see him to the end. You're just hearing about the troubles. Uh, but it's the family getting ready for dad coming home for Christmas and it's Christmas Eve and the cooking and having to go kill a turkey and cut down a Christmas tree, just like things used to be. And mm-hmm. it's a great look at that era and time frame. And it's hard for people to watch that movie and not feel that Christmas spirit a little bit when they're done. Yeah, that's going to be something. Is that maybe available on YouTube or somewhere? It certainly is. The whole movie is. is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might have to just put that on. One time, and because and, I love going back to that era, and you know, even the Charlie Brown era is so much different. But from that perspective of you know that time and, and just the little that they had and, and getting home, it, it's probably like uh, planes, trains, and automobiles just without the planes, trains, and automobiles. You know? Yeah, unless you don't see much of his struggle coming home, but. Uh, they're speculating on it, you know, well, you know, maybe yeah. he was having trouble getting a ride from the bus station, you know, to here, it, you know, it's 31 miles from there to here and yeah. he's got to try to find a ride or he'll be walking the whole way. <laughs> and you're like, damn, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I, I look at stuff that, that focuses on that era and I'm always fascinated at how Christmas was then. Now, you know, here you and I are, it's the first day of December and we're, we're already talking about all getting ready for Christmas, putting the tree up and stuff. And some of these movies like this one are set in the point in time where everything was done on Christmas Eve. It was business as normal other than, you know, whether, you know, Christmas season is coming. So you're gathering extra nuts and stuff, you know, for, to have for Christmas, but everything's done on Christmas Eve. You go find the tree and you cut it down and, and you go kill the bird and everybody's talking about their big Christmas party and then we're going to sing songs and we'll trim the tree and mom's cooking this. Yeah. And it's the only time of the year they, they had the stuff could do without the supplies to make like a big apple pie and how everybody's excited for it. I just, it's hard for us these days. We overindulge on Christmas for so long every year. It's really hard to really appreciate it when the day actually arrives. If that makes That's sense. Right. Yeah. So. so commercialized and just so in your face. <laughs> Yeah. And it just, yeah, was not that way back then. 
No. Cool. Well, I'm definitely going to check it out this year. Uh, number seven for me, Home Alone 2. I had to put the sequel in here because it, it's a must. We have to watch them back-to-back every year. And the second one is still so much fun, messing with the crooks in New York, and you're, you're outside of the house for a while, and then he you know, gets into the <laughs> his uh, aunt and uncle's place, and he, he's, he's running. He doesn't have a plan. Can I do the thinking? You know, <laughs> uh, just some classic moments in that one too. The the sticky bandits, you know, they they do all that, and then you get the the story with the the toy store, and you get uh, <laughs> Tim Curry as the hotel concierge. You know, it's just such a great sequel, almost as good as the first, in my opinion. But it took a lot of the elements that the first one had and and brought it into the second one without being too, I guess, too uh, like the, the first movie that it still had the elements of its own thing. You know, I only watched number two once. You're kidding me. No, I didn't. It, I didn't think it was near as good as the first one. Oh, so I've always just stuck with watching the first one. Uh, man, this is blasphemy for most people. I like number three better than number two with the little boy in the RC car. <sighs> I don't know about blasphemy. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> wouldn't put number three. Number th- Home Alone three was in my honorable mentions, hmm. so I I can watch that one. And it, yeah, it was just a I don't know. It was its own thing too. But Home Alone two, you still get the elements of the crooks and Kevin and his whole the nuances of his whole family and everything. And I don't know. I still like Home Alone two. Well, my number seven. Is and I just discovered this one a couple of years ago. But Christmas comes to Willow Creek. Does that ring a bell to you? I've heard it. I don't. I've never watched it. It's the one that stars John Schneider and Tom Wopat, Bo and Luke Duke. After the Dukes of Hazard run ended, CBS contracted them to do a Christmas movie together. Of course, they're playing different characters, <laughs> but they're uh, instead of cousins like on the Dukes of Hazard, they're brothers in this movie. Okay, and, and they're both truck drivers. Go figure. And they're delivering all these supplies from California up to the town of Willow Creek in Alaska in time for Christmas. And uh, they have they run into some troubles along the way and some family stuff. And I don't know. It, it's a fun movie just for me because it's got Bo and Luke Duke in it. And like for me to only to discover this was a thing just a few years ago. As soon as I somehow I come across it online and it just blew my mind and I went to Amazon and bought it that day that I found out it was a thing <laughs> <laughs> and we watched it and the kids liked it. I liked it. The wife likes it. Now it's, it's in our rotation. It gets watched more years than not, yeah. uh, but it was a CBS original movie. Bo Duke is kind of a a-hole, a bad guy in the movie. Uh-huh. And Tom Wopat's playing the good brother, and they, but they've got some personal differences, and they're having to, the guy they both work for is making them take this trip together. Unbeknownst to them, he wants them to spend time together, you know. I uh, got you. Okay. And they've got that little thing between them, and, and Tom is a by-the-book guy, and John Schneider's character's free wheeler. Matter of fact, while Tom's character's taking a break in the sleeper for a few hours, John Schneider takes a detour off the path and goes to a casino. <laughs> <laughs> And Tom Wopat's so got his son with him, and John Schneider's been a bad influence on him. So it's kind of like over the top at Christmas, and they're brothers instead of father and son. Yeah, and it's also 
it's actually you mix in a little bit of the greatest story ever told with that because <laughs> they meet this woman who's pregnant and she goes into labor when they're stuck in a snowbank and oh lord yeah it's uh <laughs> It, the script may have been thrown together in around 24 hours, maybe. <laughs> but it's like, hey, we signed these guys to do a Christmas movie. Uh, let's write a Christmas movie. So. It looks like it's on YouTube as well. I might be doing a back to back on those two. <laughs> yeah, it was on YouTube. I looked at that earlier. So, oh my. Yeah, but that's my number seven people, and I, I've got something coming up over at RetroRamblings.com. You know, I still put something over there every once in a while and I'm going to do a, what was on TV the week of Christmas, 1987. And as the year this movie came out and in the TV guide, I found a full page ad for it that I'm, I've scanned up. And nice. actually a lot of that ad can be seen in my retro ramblings column from yesterday that people can go check out. I talk about this movie a little bit there too. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to definitely check that out now. All right. Uh, number six is earn a safe Christmas for me. Uh, have to watch it every year. So many great scenes. He breaks out all of his classic characters in there, you know. And I, it, again, it was probably the Santa Claus before the Santa Claus with the changing of the guard, so to speak. And I, I don't know. I just love it. The guy that plays uh, Santa in that movie is the voice of the Sultan in Aladdin. If you've never Ooh. put those... Uh, I did like uh, uh, facts on <laughs> Ernest Saves Christmas several years ago for Rediscover the 80s. That was one of them. But uh, I just love it. Uh, Bobby and his brother there. Yeah. <laughs> and the the reindeer on the ceiling, you know, and the the two elves and so many classic lines that I just love to spout out, you know, air breaks and <laughs> nobody moves, nobody dies. And... <laughs> So many great lines of that movie. It was just fun. And being a huge Ernest fan, you know, like I said, watching the Ernest goes to camp and goes to jail and, and all being into all those movies, this was just natural. And once I started renting it, it was like an annual thing for me. If it wasn't on TV, <laughs> I'm going out to get it at the rental store and, you know, eventually got a VHS copy of it. So I have to watch it each year. It's so great. My my favorite scene is probably my favorite character of him, the snake guy, you know. Yeah. Is this where the horror movie folk be? <laughs> I got a truckload of pythons. <laughs> and Santa's in the back with the rat, the little rattle, you know. <laughs> oh, I just love it. I love uh, it. And the guy who plays Santa Claus in that, he looks familiar from something else, but I'm not sure what it was. Uh, mm -hmm. where I've seen him at before, but he's got that look about him, you know, he does. And the guy that plays uh, the, the guy that's taking that he wants uh, Joe, whatever his name is to take over the Santa position, his agent, I don't, you said you never watched die hard, but he's the same <laughs> douchebag in the plane that, that <laughs> tells him about the, to take his shoes off, you know, and then there's that whole scene later where he's got to walk across the glass without his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the same guy, so <laughs> he's that's the only other the movies that I remember seeing him in, which is funny, but great stuff. Love Ernest Saves Christmas. Well, let's see what where are we up to? Number six. Six, yep. Number six for me, a very Brady Christmas. 
the story of the Brady Bunch at Christmas time. Okay. <laughs> uh, 1988 CBS movie. It actually ended up being the second highest rated TV film of the year. It went on is actually it done so well. They created another series right after it. It only lasted like six episodes on CBS, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, you look at ratings now, the Nielsen ratings and like a really good show will get eight or a nine rating. Mm -hmm. When this hit TV, when it debuted, it got a 25.1 rating that night for people wow. to watch a very Brady Christmas. So it was a big deal when it, when it came on what, the air. What year? 88. So this was uh, kind of like a homecoming kind of the same deal. Yeah. Yeah. It, this was, uh, their first, uh, you know, like they'd been off the air since 74. Okay. So it was like a reunion movie. It'd be like right now if friends got back together to do a made for TV Christmas movie. I mean, it's kind of what it would be like, but the, the story of Mike and Carol, they're all grown up. Of course, all the kids are grown up and they're married and they're all having various marital problems, but they invite them all home for Christmas. And Alice mm -hmm. comes back because what's his face has been cheating on her and left her and so they're all there together and they celebrate Christmas in typical Brady fashion. Mike and Carol help all the kids work through their problems and Mike gets trapped in an unsafe building collapse towards the end and the Christmas miracle is have you not seen this? I don't want to spoil it, anything. No. Really? I no. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. Wait, Al as well. the Butcher was cheating on Alice? Yeah. Or what is it Sam. Al the Butcher? Sam, Sam. Sam. Yeah. Man, what the hell has the world gone to? Exactly. Well, you know, uh, let's see, Jan and her husband were getting a divorce or getting separated and they didn't want to tell Mike and Carol. So they showed up and tried to act happy. And Marsha's husband had lost his job. And Bobby had, uh, quit college and was being a race car driver and they didn't know it cause he didn't want them to worry. And yeah, it's a, uh, and Sandy was flunking <laughs> out of school and didn't want, <laughs> it's a fun movie. Yeah. I'm wow. pretty sure it's on YouTube too. I'm going to look it up here while I'm talking about it. Yeah, folks who've not seen it, um, it was on Amazon Prime. I think I've seen it on Hulu, actually. Oh, really? I think so. Well, that might be a option. I just I never got into the Brady Bunch enough, even you know reruns and all that back in the day. I know they played it all the time to to watch even any of those or. Oh, unfortunately, they, they this one is not on YouTube, but they did a follow up movie called the Brady 500 after this where okay. Bobby embraces the, the whole family embraces Bobby's stock car career, but he gets in a <laughs> crash. I think they based the movie days of thunder on it. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure that, that's I'm kidding. what Chris was thinking. Yeah. No days of thunder was based on <laughs> the, the NASCAR guy, Tim Richmond from the eighties. That's what that was based on. But anyway, uh, so it's not on YouTube right now, but the Brady 500 is <laughs> folks who've wow. not seen it. You should check it out. Cause it really was a lot of fun. There's some trailers for it on YouTube though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I might take your word for it on that one. I'm just not a big Brady fan. Yeah. You get through the other. Well, you know, my fascination with the Brady's was I didn't have cable when this movie come on. So the only way I could watch the Brady bunch was when I was traveling with the old man, we'd have to get a hotel room. Mm -hmm. They all had cable and I'd come across and I was, I was just fascinated by all these shows I'd never seen or heard of on my local stations. And I, I was a big fan of it. And I remember when this movie come on, uh, my mom and I, we, it was appointment television for us. We watched this in 88, the 
Brady, a very Brady Christmas. So it's been okay. a part of my life for 21 years now or 30. Oh God. It's been 31 years, hasn't it? <laughs> Holy gosh. <laughs> yeah. I do that all the time. Get those, get those, uh, first digits wrong, man. <laughs> Getting old. All right. Let's get to the top five, man. Uh, I can pretty much guarantee this one's not going to be on your list, but, uh, I saw it very early on, made-for-TV movie. I think it was 84 when it came out. The Night They Saved Christmas. Mm. Nope, it's... not on my list. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think so. But I connected with it when I was real young. And it stars... Uh, Art Carney plays Santa Claus. And... Uh, oh. Oh, oh, crap. What's her name? The uh, Charlie's Angel there. Oh, it just left me. Wow. You know what's funny? Uh, they replayed that in 87. I thought it sounded familiar when you said it, because I seen an ad for it in this 1987 TV guide. I was just talking about a oh, minute nice. ago. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing <laughs> if it was one I plucked out to scan Jacqueline or not. Smith. Jacqueline Smith is the, uh, the mom in the movie. And I don't know. It just connected with me. It, they're these... Uh, the dad is like this uh, oil miner in, I think they're in the, well, close to the North Pole. Jacqueline where... Smith, Art Carney, and Paul Williams. Yeah. Yes. And they're using dynamite blasting for oil, and they're getting too close to the North Pole. And this elf comes in in this like huge tank and <laughs> takes them to the North Pole, the, the family and everybody but the dad. And the, the dad is like, thinking the family's been kidnapped and all this stuff. <laughs> and, uh, but just the, the family and just a little bit of the, the background of their, like one kid has like masters of the universe bed sheets in the movie. Aww. And one of the big, like hot toys or whatever that I just oohed and odd over was one of those robots that like had a radio in it and it would come up and talk to you and stuff. I remember looking through like Sears catalog and seeing those robots and just ooing awing. They were like hundreds of dollars and my parents would never say yes to something like that. But that was uh, a main thing. And then the little boy at the end of the movie, they get that robot. It's like left on their doorstep, but it's just, it's connected with me when I was young and I don't know, I've just loved it over the years and have a uh, <clears throat> digital <clears throat> copy of it. And fi even finding a DVD, it was like buried in one of these ones where you got to like pay for 20 movies to, to get it. You know, I yeah. don't think it ever had an official release, at least in the United States. But um, anyway, love well, the movie. From the TV guide description in 1987, the night they saved Christmas says special effects highlight this tale about efforts to save Santa and his North Pole toy factory from dynamiting oil prospectors. Yes. It's, it's it. listed as a science fiction movie. <laughs> so, and it had some wow. stiff competition. I, this is totally off subject here, but in the second hour of the movie, it was up against Golden Girls. And this just caught my eye. It says Blanche, Rose, and Dorothy each pose nude for a Hungarian sculptor. <laughs> <laughs> then each wonders which one he'll use for his final work. Well, you know, oh. people were switching over to that. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that's a good pick, though. That's 
Did you say if that one is on YouTube or not? No, I it used to be, and then I don't know. The last two or three years, I haven't been able to find it anywhere on any streaming services. Actually, last year I take that back. They had it. You know, Hallmark does a a special service like on Amazon. You got to pay an extra whatever mm-hmm. six bucks to get all the Hallmark stuff, and they did include it with that package. And I was like, man, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not into all those Hallmark movies, so. I'm yeah. not going to pay uh, an extra yeah, I don't see top that of our one. prime. I don't see that one, but I, I see the absolutely horrible Dudley Moore Santa Claus the movie on there. Oh, Is that gosh. one you ever watched? I've seen it once, yeah. Yeah, that it's horrible. A few years ago. Horrible. Well, let's right. talk about something that's not horrible. Number five yes. for me is Home Alone. Maybe a little low. I'm sure it's low compared to your list because you got number two already <laughs> on the list. But uh, <laughs> this was a story I started to tell earlier. I went to the theater to watch this, but the theater we used to go to, it, it had two theaters and somehow my brother and I got crossed up. And instead of going into the theater to watch home alone, we went into the theater that was showing teenage mutant Ninja turtles. So it wasn't all bad, <laughs> but it wasn't what we went to see. Yeah. But I do think uh, home alone is a Christmas movie. I don't think it's in the gray area that I mentioned earlier, but I can see people's argument about it. It's a great kids comedy. It's got a lot of Christmassy stuff in it. The church choir, the nativity scene and, and such that he's hiding in. Right. Uh, just a lot of fun. The kids, they it's one that they like watching with us at Christmas each year. But this uh, Home Alone is one that's always in the rotation year after year after year. We watch it every year. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure you're going to talk more about it later. So I'll save the rest of it until you get to it. <laughs> yeah, it made a little bit higher on my list, but. It's so great. John Hughes is the writer. Well, so so far we've got through half of our movies and we only have two alike so far. Okay. I haven't been keeping track. So I I don't think the next one I have on my list is going to be on yours either. Okay. So you might be, uh, you might be right that (laughs) we might even got get half of our list. uh, I'm sure we get to the top couple. They'll be pretty similar. All right. Number four on my list. The only I guess what I would call modern one and it's got a real shot at, at cracking even some of these other ones that I don't, well, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. The more that I watch it, the polar express, mm. I, I, we watched it in the theater when it came out and I've watched it. We've had a copy of it ever since. It's just so good. Tom Hanks, you know, you, you, you on your Tom Hanks kick there on some of our other lists. Mm-hmm. And this one would rank up high on my list as far as like Tom Hanks movies, even though it's his digital self in there. But he plays several different characters in the movie. Have you ever seen Polar Express? <laughs> I have. You got time okay. for a funny story about it? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time. But whatever year the DVD came out, mm-hmm. uh, I had some some friends over. My wife had been talking about what she'd got me for Christmas and uh, I'm opening it in front of some friends and I open up the Polar Express and I was like, what the F is this? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, it's your favorite. I said, what are you talking about? And my friends, they're just starting to laugh, you know? And she said, you told me that was your favorite book as a kid. I'm like, who the hell are you talking about? Because I've never even heard of this. And my friends are losing it now. And my wife's getting <laughs> mad. 
<laughs> and we have this argument. She's like, you told me it was your favorite book as a kid. So I found you the movie and I'm like, honey, I, I swear to God, I've never heard of this. I don't even know what the hell it is. <laughs> and so that was a point of contention for a long time. And I still have that DVD. And it's still unopened. <laughs> no, no, no. I Being married no longer than I was at that time, I still knew better. It got opened and washed once, but I've never cracked it a second time. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's a point of contention between us now. So it's the Polar Express is just off by itself here in the house, and we don't talk about it in public anymore. <laughs> Steven Tyler's in it. Come on, man. But see, to this day, <laughs> she'll swear to you up and down that I told her that was my favorite book as a kid. And I have, I, I, I was it even a book before the movie came out? Hell, I don't even know. <laughs> It was, yeah. Well, well, she must have been talking to somebody else who told her it was their favorite book or something because yeah. I'd never heard of it. So, but go ahead, no. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's it's fun. You know, it's set probably in the fifties, fifties or sixties. So it's kind of that era of a Christmas story. I like the whole story and uh, just the the characters along the way. Uh, I remember we, <laughs> I bought the, gosh probably the PlayStation two game <laughs> and we played, uh, <laughs> played the Polar Express one Christmas after uh, that had been released. And Honey, we had a, a lot of fun video. with that. You told me it was your favorite Nintendo game from the eighties. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I love the Polar Express. Now my brother, uh, a year or two took his son down to North Carolina for the Polar Express train ride where you actually put on your pajamas and, and do that yep. whole thing. There's one here, I believe in Birmingham and my sister-in-law is taking her kids up there and they've done the whole thing. Yeah. in your pajamas and serve the hot chocolate and mm-hmm. get a fun train ride. All right. Well, number four on my list is Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad in jingle all the way. 1996. I didn't, I ain't gonna say I didn't care for it when it came out, but it's one that took me some time to appreciate. And as I had kids and such, I appreciated it even more. The things you will go through sometimes to find what they want for Christmas. And a lot of people say it was based on the, uh, the craze of tickle me Elmo, but the movie was well in production before the tickle me Elmo thing happened. So that's not very accurate. I guess more accurately, it would have been based on years of previous stories of Cabbage Patch Kids and things like that. But searching for the Turbo Man doll and everything Arnold goes through, it's just, it's so fun. And it's all taking place on Christmas Eve, which makes it even better. Because I go out shopping on Christmas Eve myself. Actually, not so much shopping anymore. I like to go out and watch the angry crowds and such. So I... (laughs) I usually leave one item like a Christmas card for my parents or something that I go pick up on the morning of Christmas Eve. Just give me an excuse to go out to the stores. (laughs) But so I can sympathize or empathize with what Arnold was going through that day. And Sinbad played off of Arnold so well with his eccentric character and was trying to sabotage each other. And uh, it's an entertaining comedy movie, but it really is a reflection of the dark side of humanity sometimes that the nicest person in the world in that situation can just turn in a heartbeat and be the most evil SOB you want to encounter for 10 minutes. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. It's I've watched it uh, several times. It's not one that we own 
but my sister-in-law owns it. And when she's in town, she'll bring it. And there's years that we will watch it. And maybe that is part of it that I just hate that whole, <laughs> that whole pressure of, of trying to find those toys and stuff. And just that whole part of human nature that it hasn't really connected with me enough to, to make a top 10 list. Yeah. But it is a fun movie, and, and I think Sinbad is the MVP of that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Hilmer Phil Hartman. Well, yeah, Phil Hartman oh, as, gosh. The, as the neighbor is pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was cast just great. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> All right, uh, number three. I, I think we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here, and um, I'm thinking this might be higher on your list. But I put A Christmas Story at number three on mine. You know, the staple, the 24-hour marathon, that's probably been going on for, what, 20 years? Yeah, I think maybe the late 90s or maybe early 2000s is when TBS started doing that. Or, well, Turner. I don't know if it's been TBS all this time, but it's just a staple, man. You that Christmas, On Christmas Eve, you get all the you know presents set out, and you sit down and watch. You, you pick it up wherever you, <laughs> you come into, and I can... I could watch it several times, uh, watch it throughout the day or on Christmas Day, too. You know, um, it's just such a fun movie and story. And again, it's that old fashioned picture that that time of uh, just a snapshot of of time back then Mm -hmm. and what Christmas was like. And we can all relate to Ralphie, that one gift that we want. We don't care about anything else. We just want that one thing. And I have pulled that on. I did pull that on my oldest son one year. He wanted a. This was back when uh, Xbox 360 <laughs> came out. <laughs> he wanted the Xbox 360 so bad. And I'm like, Jackson, it's like whatever it was at the time, 300 bucks. I said, I just don't know if we're going to be able to pull it off this year, buddy. You know. And this was. <laughs> I think this was after the whole. You know, Santa had been revealed, and <laughs> and. Uh, Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. I I think I said maybe Santa doesn't you know have that in his budget or something. <laughs> and I he I hid it behind one of the chairs in the living room, and made him open all those presents. And he just was kind of moping afterwards, you know, sad. Oh, didn't get his Xbox 360. I was like, what's that over there? And <laughs> pulled the whole routine, man. And he just loved it. I, I there's a video of that somewhere. <laughs> oh man, we need that. We need to make a. We need to take all yeah. these videos like your daughter screaming in the bathtub and that and some I've got and make a TRN Christmas special or something. Yeah, it. maybe we should. It, it's somewhere, but yeah, I pulled that whole routine and it worked to a T. That was just, it's just such a great, my wife uses the, uh, uh, she, my, my mama didn't have a hot meal since 1942 or whatever she says. You know? <laughs> she uses that one so often, man. Uh, and yeah, there's just so many great lines in the movie. Can't well, say enough about it. Iconic. It was, it was based on Gene Shepard's original writing, uh, in God, we trust all others pay cash. It was, he didn't write a whole book about a Christmas story. It was just, he mentioned a few Christmas stories in throughout mm-hmm. that book and they pulled them and, and made that with it. Uh, yeah, it is higher on my list. So I'll save the rest of my thoughts and, We'll hit them real quick when we get okay. there. Okay. But I, I could guess what your number two and your number one is at this point, and I can guess the yep. order they're in. So <laughs> yes. my number three is probably your number one, and that's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. 
uh, I'll let you do most of the talking on it because you're a bigger fan of it than I am. But that's one that when it came out, my family, my dad in particular, was a huge fan of vacation and European vacation. So this was a no brainer. We didn't go to the theater to see it, but we seen it as soon as it hit the video stores. And uh, it's it is one of the most quoted Christmas movies of all time between all, everything that, that the lines that Clark has and all the lines that cousin Eddie has. And even, uh, Todd and what's her face, uh, Margo, Margo, they're even getting quoted. Now that's, I've even seen ugly Christmas sweaters. It says, I don't know Todd. <laughs> so they're iconic in their own right. Uh, it's just, it was so well done. It was in, it was perfect in the vein of the Griswold family. Uh, it reminds a lot of people of their own dysfunctional families, maybe not as dysfunctional, but on a lesser level. We've all got families like that. We're oh, all yeah. part of families like that. But I'll save the rest of the talk about it until you get to it on your list. Shoot, I went through some of that on Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that because my family doesn't listen to the show. But oh. yeah. Um, God, I'll, I'm going to save a lot for our podcast because we are going to review it in the drive-in next week. If you haven't listened to our other driveway, and we did tease that, but it's one that just has gained legs over the years. And I haven't pulled all the stats together yet, but it wasn't like it did gangbusters and was hugely popular at the time. And the lack of, I don't know, like availability or I don't know what it was, like availability of like merchandise where I believe like a whole website was set up to just offer like moose mugs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there was just such a market for that. And then just over the years, it's everywhere now. And it's such a part of, I don't know, everyone's Christmas that it's probably gotten more popular each year. And yeah, it is, it's a little bit higher on my list. I'm going to see it in the theater for the first time this week. I can't wait. It's to the part where I, I don't know if, unless you've seen it like, 50 times like I have or hundred times. I don't know how many times I've seen it and you can quote along with the movie. You don't want to watch it with me because I'm <laughs> quoting it the entire way. It's, it's just so ingrained in my mind, but just talking about the vacation series, I remember watching probably the, the first vacation movie on cable or something. It wasn't until, I don't know, probably early two thousands, maybe where I watched like the, the first time I watched the, theatrical version of the original vacation and got the full R rating. And then right after that, I had never watched European vacation and I've watched that probably twice. And that was probably enough for me. Yeah. So the third one is just, I don't know, above and beyond that. And there is some language in there and it makes it a little bit more difficult to watch it with the kids. If you got kids at home, <laughs> but at the same time, they know I love it so much that it's hard to to not put it on and then just skip past a couple parts here and there, you know, <laughs> Clark's Clark's rant and the pool scene and, you know, some other <laughs> little things like that that uh, I have to skip past. Um, this year, uh, last year is the first time I heard of this, but there is a, uh, a town just north of us that they decorate their house pretty much like the Griswold house, like lights everywhere. And they pretty much have a party every night, like throughout the weeknights and even on the weekends. They set up 
props in the yard. They all dress like the characters, and they just hang out. And people come and take pictures. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like a a, a pop up Christmas vacation uh, Griswold house. Well, that's cool. It's so great. And I'm planning on going to that this year. I didn't get a chance to last year to see what that's all about. But uh, and like I said, I've, I've never seen it in the theater, so I'm just excited for that experience as well. It's so great. Um. Go ahead and finish out the rest of my list. Cause <laughs> Number two on Jason's list is going to be Home Alone. That's right. And, and Vacation is... Will be number, one. Yeah. number one is Christmas Vacation. I think I got yours too. But um, just to quickly touch on Home Alone, that was probably the last movie I remember watching in the theater with my dad. He was just not a movie goer <laughs> by any means. And... I, did, I just can't remember how that all happened. Um, I'm thinking it was because, like, uh, that was about the time my parents divorced and just wanting to spend time together, and we just home alone and had such a great time with it. And it's it, it's just one of those, I don't know, it's just associated right below Christmas Vacation each year. I, I It's a must-watch. I have to watch it. And uh-huh. it's usually the the second and third one in consecutive order. And we'll sometimes we'll circle back around and watch the, the first one again. But uh, the lines in the movie, my, my kids quote that um, just love everything about home alone. And I, I do believe I remember watching Cisco and Ebert talk about it back in the day. And Ebert loved that whole scene with the, uh, the shovel slayer and him in the church, you know, mm-hmm. and how they, kind of patch things up and it's it is and they have that a little bit in part two with the uh pigeon lady but i don't know that whole dynamic of it was fun you know making amends with your neighbor and then seeing his story at the end of him his like uh reuniting with his son waving in the window there's some really heartwarming parts in it and there's just so much like hilarity behind all of the the traps and all the interaction with the the two robbers. Um, it's so great. I had the board game. I think I still have the board game somewhere. Uh, I had it back in the day. So yeah, my love of home alone is extended way beyond that. I still like to think of, uh, that guy as the shovel slayer versus the kind, friendly old grandpa. <laughs> I think, I think they could have spun off a whole another series of Halloween movies featuring him. That would have been all right. Yeah. You know that, that I've seen look to him. <laughs> I've seen uh, trailers cut to make Christmas Vacation into a horror movie, you know, when he's got the hockey mask and the chainsaw. <laughs> they could definitely do that with Home Alone and, and that guy, you know, <laughs> the show. Well, that guy, <laughs> he was in uh, Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood back in the 70s. Uh-huh. He was the guy that got mad at the prison warden and purposely chopped his own fingers off with a hatchet in the wood shop. So he's got the acting chops to pull off a deranged. <laughs> killer psychopath (laughs) all right i'm gonna guess the rest of your list i'm guessing number two is it's a wonderful life and number one is a christmas story and oh i got them backwards you got them backwards actually i got them wrote down here as one a and one b because i can't i can't can't pick between the two of them but i'll start with i'll start with a christmas story to just add to what you said that Marathon actually started in 1997. It's been a yearly thing okay. ever since then. Wow. I discovered that movie, and I think we've talked about this on here before, 
before I moved and before I had cable, it was being replayed on some show. Cause you know, it come out in 83. So sometime around 87 or so, I found it on our local Fox affiliate one afternoon and watched it. And I'm telling people about it, how good it is. And, and nobody knows what I'm talking about because what people today have a hard time believing is that movie was not really popular until the late nineties for one reason or another. But I found it, and then when we moved and I got cable and found it on somewhere, we made a VHS recording, and that's also where I discovered the sequel to it, Ollie Hot Noodles, Haven of Bliss, that uh, teenage Ralphie and Flick getting jobs at the furniture store. And then years after that, they come out with my summer story uh, about young Ralphie when the family went to the World's Fair and he got the top, and you know, because his buddies all had battling tops. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, much like we talked about some of the other movies, uh, the homecoming it's set in a period of time that I just sit and look at and wonder everything about the forties and fifties fascinates me. And this movie is set right in the heart of that back when department stores were still the, uh, the center of all things in town and had the big Christmas displays they'd unveil every year mm-hmm. and you'd go to, and that's where you got to see Santa and it's just everything about it. The, the troubles at school that he has, and the big snowfalls they have featured in the movie. Yep. It's just all magical. And most people I'd say, watch it on Christmas Eve. We turn it on, on Christmas Eve. Of course we don't have TBS. So I put the DVD in and put it on repeat. So we have our own marathon, but <laughs> earlier, earlier in the month of December, I make a, a point to actually sit and watch the movie. And then when we're replaying it, you know, it's just going on in the background the whole time. But I actually like to sit and watch it every year. So it, it's just great. It one of the yeah uh, one of the iconic Christmas movies. I mean, and it's it's been made that way by the marathon and everything that's come since then. But it's it's still one of the movies that most people look to. Absolutely. Yeah. Last couple of years we've spent Christmas in Florida with my in-laws, so I've got they have cable. So it's usually the last thing that I'll watch while I'm waiting for everybody to get to bed and turn off their screens. <laughs> I'll just leave it on, watch it, and that's the last thing I watch before we wake up on Christmas morning. So, yeah, it's such a great... I've never... I didn't even knew it had a sequel until a couple years ago. But you're telling me it's got two sequels? Well, see, it, it's kind of convoluted. Or like a spinoff. They may... Well, yes and no. There is an actual... Christmas Story 2 sequel that came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I've not uh, dipped my toes in that water yet, but A Christmas Story came out in 83. In 88, Ollie Hop Noodles Haven of Bliss came out, which is before Christmas Story ever got popular. And it's actually based on another short story by Gene Shepard, but it features the same characters. Okay. So call it a sequel or a spinoff, however you want to. That's what it is. It was a co-production of the Disney channel and PBS. So it so aired have the whole family or just Ralphie. No, it has the whole family. Cause they, uh, they take a, a trip, uh, like a family vacation and they stay at some camp somewhere. Mm-hmm. But also like I said, uh, Ralphie and those guys flick and Schwartz, they're teenagers now and they're getting a job. They get a job at a furniture place, moving furniture and stuff. So they're a little older and, they're doing things. But then out came my summer story. I'm not sure what year it came. I'm going to have to look it up, which goes back to when Ralphie is a kid again. Okay. It comes out in 1994. 
uh, and it's actually considered a sequel to a Christmas story. Uh, but their kids again, they go to the world's fair, they get, Ralphie gets a top and he's battling his buddy with this massive top thing. Like <laughs> it, it's funny, but, uh, so yeah, there's all those movies that are, that have the same characters in them and, and a Christmas story started that, but it's still a thousand heads and shoulders above the other movies. Right. And I'm just fascinated by that whole time frame, though. That's what draws me in. That's what keeps me going back for more. Seems kind of funny that they said the F word back then, too, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He said the F dash dash dash. You know, you don't think. I mean, it's probably been around since the dawn of time. The mother of all cuss words. (laughs) Right. But I don't know. It's so used more often in movies and everything else nowadays that you, you know don't what think I like about it being a thing back then that a lot of people haven't picked up on is the scenes where his mom is on the telephone. If you pay attention, you can pick up what's being said on the other end of the phone. Have you ever noticed right. that? When yeah. she calls and says, do you know what your son said? And she tells me, do you know where he, he heard it? And you can hear the other uh-huh. lady say probably from his father. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, he heard it from your from son. son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So great. All right. Well, I, I'm going to save most of my vacation talk for our, our next podcast. So let's hear what you got to say about It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, just like these other movies we've talked about, it's the time period. And I didn't watch It's a Wonderful Life. You know, growing up, it's a black and white movie. And you're talking about it being on NBC every year. And it was in the nineties and such. And I was like, Hey, hell nothing to do with that. I probably didn't see it the first time until about seven or eight years ago. And instantly it shot to the top of my list and <laughs> bless my wife's heart. Her and her DVDs. I loved it. So she went and bought it for me on DVD, but she bought me the colorized version. I'm like, what in the, what? <laughs> so I had to go back and buy the black and white version. I don't even know what happened to that color version because this is a movie that certainly needs to be seen in black and white. And it's another one of those movies that it's it's considered a Christmas movie, but only the last 10 minutes of it are at Christmas. Right. The whole the rest of the movies, you know, throughout his life. Uh, but just that whole time frame of the Great Depression and Jimmy Stewart and it's great and Donna Reed is great. I don't know. I just, I instantly fell in love with it. First time I saw it and it is a must watch every year. And it's one of the ones that I will actually, you know, when I'm home on a weekend and we're like, let's watch some Christmas movie. Okay. What do you want to watch? And we'll, we'll pick something. This is one that I actually plan. It's like, honey, next Sunday night at eight o'clock, we're watching. It's a wonderful life. You know, Build the rest of the week around that. Whatever you have to do to clear that from our schedule, we're watching that next week, you know, which I need to put it on the schedule for this year somewhere. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it's (laughs) it's got to. There's no question about it. So, yeah, it's 1A on my list. It and A Christmas Story, ah, you could put either one ahead of the other and I wouldn't argue. But Okay. I don't think I've ever watched It's a Wonderful Life, not on TV, not on like network TV. Because they extended too. I mean, the thing is long. It's like three hours long or something, isn't it? It's a little it's on TV hours. at least. Okay. Well, it seems like they. I mean, maybe it's two and a half hours or something. But that was one thing that kind of turned me off too, because family would put it on or something. I'm like, 
it's black and white and it's so freaking long. I'm like, ugh, I'm, I'm going to be falling asleep here, you know, Christmas Eve <laughs> watching it. Um, and then it, yeah, it wasn't until later on that I started appreciating it more when you go back and I had this whole period in the probably early two thousands when we started renting, uh, or, or getting DVDs in the mail from Netflix when, <laughs> when that was still a thing, I guess it is still a thing, but, um, we started, you know, going back and watching like old world war two movies and getting, uh, back into that era. And when that came on one of those years, uh, it's wonderful life. I appreciated it a lot more for, you know, for what it was. And I haven't gone back to watch a lot of those classic films back in the day, Citizen Kane and, and all those that were, you know, were top of their industry back in the fifties and such. Um, and what, what year did it's a wonderful life come out? That was what, probably 46. In... Wow. Okay. So it's a little bit before that, but, um, yeah, there's some, just a point in your life where it seems like you appreciate that time a little bit more and, and the history of our country and, and all that. And that's when that movie connected with me a lot more than it did just as a kid, you know. And it's funny, you know, seeing like Christmas Vacation and they're watching that movie in that movie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a tradition. That was probably one of the earliest traditions like that of, of having a movie on Christmas Eve each year, you know, but you know, you talk about your family watching it on Christmas Eve. I'm not a Christmas Eve movie watcher because we're always swamped over with the family Christmas party anyway, but I watch Christmas movies and stuff to enhance the Christmas spirit leading up to Christmas. Once we get to Christmas Eve, it's too late to be watching Christmas stuff for me. It's like, okay, <laughs> it's here. It's well, you know, it's an all day and night affair. You don't have time for one thing, but this year, like I love when I've got a few days off before Christmas because I'll just overload on it. Sitting around right. during the day, I'll watch the Saved by the Bell Christmas episodes and stuff, you know, <laughs> midday. And, and, you know, come on, kids, let's go do something now. But yeah, for me, I, I got to get my Christmas watching in before Christmas Eve. All right, man. Well, I guess that's our list. Uh, did you have any other honorable mentions you want to throw out? Um, well, another modern one. Um, from 2015 movie called the night before with Seth Rogen, him and his buddies always have a party on Christmas Eve, but now they're going their separate ways and it's their last ones. It's the last year they're going to do it. And they decide to make it the wildest night they've had on Christmas oh, Eve Lord. before. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's raunchy, but it's funny. And another modern one from 2008, uh, the Vince Vaughn movie Four Christmases. I thought that was pretty funny too. Haven't seen either of those. Well, Four Christmases is great because Vince Vaughn's parents are divorced and his fiance's parents are both divorced. And they usually like to escape uh, and go to an island somewhere or somewhere sunny for Christmas, but they get snowed in. And so their parents all expect them to stop by for Christmas. So they have four different houses to visit. <laughs> and it's it's funny because they're each had tortured childhoods from their parents like right. vince bone's dad is played by robert duvall as a redneck and his brother is tim mcgraw as a, the supreme redneck his wife is making spam casserole for christmas dinner if that tells you anything <laughs> you know it's uh it's funny you it, it's worth watching 
And his mom, they go to see his mom and he, she's now married to a guy that Vince Vaughn graduated high school with one of his friends had a thing for his mom years ago. <laughs> so that's a, a wow. weird situation for him to go into, but it, okay. it, it's pretty fun. What about you? I had uh, just two more. I already said I had home alone three on there. Uh, another one I've appreciated more mainly just because it's probably my wife's favorite Christmas movie and that's white Christmas. Um, oh. I will sit through that. <laughs> it's, it's gotten less painful over the years. I'll say, um, again, just that, that era and the story. And uh, again, I'm not big into musicals, but it's a little more entertaining than it was when I was first, she was first trying to get me to watch it. We'll put it that way. Uh, and it, uh, it's a classic for a lot of people. I and tried then, to watch, I'm sorry. Uh, I tried to watch holiday Inn last year, that musical mm-hmm. from the same era. I couldn't get into it. Yeah. I, it's not going <laughs> to, it's not going to push me to watch holiday Inn or any of those other ones, <laughs> musicals mainly from that era, but I, I, I will watch that with the wife. And then another one of hers that I've grown to love too is Prancer. And that's just a fun story uh, with the little girl and Mr. Mustache there, Sam Elliott. And it's, it's you know, one of those kind of movies, too. He's kind of down on his luck and just love the whole little small town atmosphere that that movie portrays. And that movie's so, picking up steam in recent years, too. It has. It has. It, it's on uh, Disney be, Plus now. It'll be one of those movies that's maybe not get as big as a Christmas story, but year after year it gets more and more play and more and more people discover it, get into it and, and like it. So that movie's on the rise after 30 years. Yeah. That's all I had for my, uh, my honorable mentions. It's funny. Uh, some of the other movies that people just go crazy for, uh, think of like elf. Um, mm-hmm. I think of some other ones that just how the Grant stole Christmas. Yeah. And missed our lists all together. Yeah. Uh, but I was right. We had five just alike, and the rest were all unique. Well, there you go. I'll trust you from now on, then, on on predictions, <laughs> Mr. Uh... <laughs> I'm pretty good at handicapping stuff here, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I, should, I should know better by now. 